0: It's 4 o'clock and time for the Calvary Live Show, taking your calls and questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. I'll be taking your calls and your questions today. The way to get on the air is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, and that's the number to dial while the early early on in the show, the phone lines are open, and I see there's two lines open right now. Someone's already called in, so give me a call, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, text me as well, it's 720 720- three, three, six, zero, eight, nine, seven. If you text me at that number, you can only text. We don't take your, any phone calls there or any voicemails or anything like that. Just texting seven, two, oh, three, three, six, zero, eight, nine, seven. If we have time to fill, we go to those texting questions and we uh, try to answer them. As unto the Lord. I saw a text question come in recently uh, that said, uh, "Did Calvary Chapel really have a split? And did does it affect the churches in Colorado?" Um, now that is a good question, uh, and it depends on who you ask to the to the um, to the question of whether Calvary Chapel as a movement has experienced a split. Um, I'll answer that question second. And I'll answer the other question first. How does it affect the churches in Colorado? It has a zero effect on the on the churches uh, on the Calvary's uh, here in Colorado. Uh, the churches that are listed on our Grace FM recommended church list, um, there is uh, it really affects. It doesn't really affect us all that much at all. Now the the question is, did it did did the Calvary Chapel, as a larger movement, experience a split? Um, I'm, I'm going to give you my perspective. I don't think it's a split as much as it is some disagreements over secondary things, uh, but we're brothers. We're like a family, uh, and families disagree at times, and families see things differently at times, but certainly after Pastor Chuck Smith um, moved on into eternity, and he's in the presence of the Lord, uh, there was a shift in direction uh, at Calvary Chapel in Costa Mesa. and uh, not Not a... Uh, well, it, again, it depends on who you ask, but not a significant shift. Um, some methodolo- methodological type shifts. Um, but Pastor Brian uh, loves the Lord, and uh, he's a brother in the Lord. And I appreciate the ministry of Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa. And then there's the ministry of the Calvary Chapel Association. And I love those brothers, and I appreciate their fellowship with them. And, and I pray that um, as we move forward, uh, as a movement, we move forward in love with one another, and to encourage one another, and and allow the Holy Spirit to do what He wants to do through us. Uh, but you really shouldn't see much of a change in any of the Calvaries, quite frankly. Um, and 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 just do what we've always been taught to do: keep our eyes on the Lord. Now, of course, you guys that aren't a part of Calvary Chapel, uh, you're not a part of this little tribe, this little uh, group of churches that God's been using for the last thirty years. Um, you, you probably see some of this in your own movements, whether it's Baptist or some Pentecostal movement or, or something, you know, that is around. Um, it happens, you know, disagreements happen, uh, but really doesn't affect uh, us very much. <clears throat> really, most of the churches would just keep teaching the Bible, pointing people to the Lord, uh, sharing the gospel and being aggressive in evangelism. So that was a good question. Um, but nothing to worry about. We'll just keep our eyes on the Lord. Three zero three 690 Let's see here. Dimitri is calling from Denver. Dimitri, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you, Pastor Ed. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. So I had a question about perebin trees and what their significance is in the, the Bible, because I read a couple of portions of Scripture. One uh, being one being where uh, I believe Samson was hung, one with Abraham, um, but they all mention a terebin tree.
0: Well, nothing, you know, I'm, I, as I was reading your question, I'm like, well, really nothing comes to mind in terms in, in of that's anything on the top of my mind. So what I do when I get to that place is I start looking in a... Bible dictionary, so that, that's where I usually start when I'm looking to answer questions. So let me see what a typical Bible dictionary says about the terebinth. A uh, large spreading tree grew to a height of about 6 to 8 meters, which is 20 to 26 feet. Reddish green leaves, red berries and clusters. Mentioned several times in the Bible, um, Isaiah 6.13, uh, Hosea 4.13, or Genesis 35.4. So that's not very helpful. There's not much that comes through there. Uh, what do you, are you thinking of something in particular? Did you hear something or,
1: um... No, no, I was just curious because, uh, because I figured, um, since it, it gives description of what the tree actually is, uh, there might be significance to it. I don't know.
2: Yeah,
0: I don't see anything. Uh, sometimes it's called an elm. Sometimes it's called an oak. Uh, sometimes it's called a teal, T-E-I-L, um... Uncertain which translation is best. Uh, no, I don't I don't see anything biblical. There's a lot of factual information on terebin trees, but nothing that has some kind of biblical significance at the top. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me check one more source. Hold on. Um, there's a guy by the name of John Corson who is the guy that can find this kind of stuff. Like he is... So let me see if I can pull up... A, I'll just put in terebinth and see if he comes up with anything in his commentary. So I have, uh, his commentary open and it is taking a minute to search, but I would say this. So, you know, the, the, there was a terebinth tree in, in Mamre. There were different, different places. If, if I was to do a study on this or I was to look, I would pull out a, I, w- I would either pull out uh, a concordance or even online Blue Letter Bible and find every instance of the use of the terebinth, no matter how it's been uh, translated, and and begin to see if I would I would look at every reference and begin to see if there was really anything um, that stands out in just in my basic Bible study. Um, that's how I would begin. I'm looking again. You know, most of the websites have a very simple. Definition. So I'm not of much help to you today. Abraham was under a terebinth tree in the grobe of More. Leafless. It was a leafless tree mentioned in Spurgeon's sermons. But I'm sorry, I don't have much to share. Nothing came out uh, on my study and course in either. Oh, that's all right. That's a good one. Uh, I'll have to think that one through and see if. I'm going to keep that on the forefront of my mind and see if something doesn't come up uh, in, in looking at the significance of a terebin tree. All right, cool. Thank you. Have a good one. All right. Bye-bye. i I'm O for one. 0 for one. That's not a good way to start out the show. Um, now it's going to bother me. The entire show as I think and start putting pieces together in my mind. Um, but until then, Give me a call three oh three six nine oh three thousand three oh three six nine oh three thousand uh that will uh, bring back us to uh Bianca is on line number two. Bianca, welcome to the program.
3: How are you doing, Pastor Ed? I'm
0: good, Bianca. How are you? Mm-hmm.
3: Good. You really do seem a little troubled, but I think you can find the answer to that question. I really trust you.
0: I'll I'll find it eventually. I'm I'm not as troubled as I sound. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I definitely is in my mind now. That
3: not only got you curious, but it got me curious as well. <laughs> Those but are the best questions, aren't they? that's not the point of my call. Right. <laughs> what can I do for you? Well, I have a praise report. I don't know if you remember me calling to ask for prayer regarding the project where I was going to... My first part was to focus on my life, and the second part is to focus on the life of a friend. Well, my praise report is that let me just clarify first of all that my project is not finished, but before I was unsure of how to go about this project, but now I think I have a bit more of an idea of, of how I want this project to be okay. done, but it's going to require a lot of work because it's a lot of interviews of people that know this person okay so just keep it in prayer but the prayer praise report is that i am now a step closer to getting it done
0: oh that's great <laughs> that's fantastic one step at a time
3: and just as a side note i am listening to grace Affair. I'm on my
0: app, on my device right now. Okay. Oh, what a blessing. That's already, it has, already it has yielded you much fruit in your relationship with the Lord.
3: Yeah, well, all right, then I'll let you take other callers. Okay, thank you.
0: All righty, bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Taking your calls, taking your questions radio here's a question that came in by text does the does the quote end of oneself quote end quote originate from our heart selves or the holy spirit well I think that when we're talking about coming to the end of ourselves we have uh, we have used up all of our resources you know all all that is available to us uh, let me read to you a quote I was just talking to a friend of mine on this topic, and let me see if I can find the quote for you and see if this author doesn't bring out some of the answer to this question coming to the end of ourselves. Um, it says, it's, the author says, um, once we have exhausted every other conceivable resource, God's answer is simple. But in order for him to bring us to a place of accepting it, he must first put us through a series of courses that will exhaust us, leaving us despairing of self and others and prepared to listen to whatever God says with a believing heart. It is not until man refuses to trust himself that he will begin to trust God. Many defeated Christians are merely, merely in the process of learning to give up on themselves. So when I think of coming to the end of yourself, I I, I get the sense of, uh, of, of us trying everything that we can, re- relying on everything that we can, um, trying to fix this problem and, and handle that problem, or, or we often use the phrase uh, coming to the end of yourself when it comes to the prodigal son, when he attempted to do everything that, would, that he thought would bring him pleasure, and when he, he attempted to do everything that he thought would bring him satisfaction and peace, only to find out that it, it left him emptier than he was when he first left his dad's house, and he finally came to himself. And I think it originates from ourselves and the conviction of the sin of relying on ourselves comes from the Holy Spirit, which then we respond in accepting and repenting and submitting. So coming to the end of ourselves, there could be a revelation of God teaching us what the end of ourselves are, but it leads to frustration and it leads to throwing our hands up in the air uh, and, and recognizing and realizing that our only source of satisfaction and peace is found in the Lord. So I think um, it, it originates uh, within ourselves, our own human efforts, but it's actually revealed and we're given the spiritual insight of the conviction of our sin by the Holy Spirit. So it's really both of us, God working inside of us, revealing to us our flesh. It's, it's really a, a fleshly thing to be relying on ourselves. And I was going to ask you if you have a follow-up, but I see you're typing. So keep uh, come back with a follow-up, and then I'll get this next call. 303-690-3000. You can always text me, 720-336-0897. Uh, Tamara or Tamara, which one is it?
4: It's Tamara. Tamara
0: from Denver. Welcome to the program.
4: Thank you. Um, so, yeah, I have a question about marriage. Okay. And um, um, I want to be married, definitely. And I was just wondering... Does God, like, allow us to make the choice of our mate ourselves? Or do you believe, like, God has, like, a soulmate for us that he kind of has picked out for us and we have to kind of just go through out time and just kind of bump into each other?
0: I think that God allows us to make that choice ourselves. And in his sovereignty and in his foreknowledge, he already knows who it is. Okay. And I think that as you, you you know, we kind of look at it in a romantic way of the way the world does, and we have soulmates. Listen, whoever you marry is your soulmate. Okay, it's
4: who God already knew I was going to marry.
0: And God has foreknowledge. He knows everything about us, forwards, frontwards, backwards. You and I experience things in time. You know, We, we are single today. We're, if we wake up tomorrow, we'll be single tomorrow, and then our, our marriage is in five weeks. He, he, he knows it all at once. We live it in time. Okay. And I believe that the reality of our of our choices, he allows us even to make um difficult choices where the person mm-hmm. that we marry doesn't turn out to be the person that we thought they were. Uh and mm-hmm. and, and as we he, he he allows us even to make mistakes.
4: Right. So I was thinking like, even like with that making mistakes, um somebody told me like you should always pray before you like you marry somebody. I but agree. even if you make a mistake, like God already knew that, so was that person kind of like already like destined for you, even though they might not have been the person that, you know, was best for you?
0: No, I don't believe God uh, sets out a person and, and, and then he makes you marry them. Okay. No, I don't think that, good or bad. Uh, and, no. and, and I would say, since we're talking about good and bad, or um, mistakes or difficulties— God is able to work all things together for the good, for those that love him and those that are called according to his purpose. And, and you, because you're not married yet, you have the blessed privilege of getting to know someone. You have the blessed privilege of, of befriending them, uh, becoming good friends, uh, you know, becoming, uh, because ultimately I think uh, in, a, in, a, in, a, in the best situation, you're going to end up marrying your best friend. And, and so you, you want to develop deep friendships with, uh, you want to have good friendships with males, um, right. and, you know, males with females, not the kind that are sexual or not the kind that are using one another, but true good, um, re- friendships that will, um, help to develop, uh, understanding of one another and growing in grace with one another and, and grasping the, uh, reality of, of. Who they are and who you are. That's why we we try to do everything that we can to help a person understand what marriage is from the Bible, uh, and we have extensive premarital uh, counseling beforehand, so we could talk about things and we can get to know one another and we can uncover things. Because once you make the covenant, that's a lifelong covenant.
5: Right.
0: And and so we want to be able to uh, grasp the the. The significance of the person, but I, I don't subscribe to. There's that soulmate out there that you need to be looking for. You need to be looking for uh, your strong, abiding relationship with Jesus Christ, and trust Him to lead you to the right person. That
4: sounds great. Thank you, Doctor. You're welcome. Right. Bye. 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 Bye.
0: And and Lord, I just feel uh, a burden to pray for singles right now, and and it's a it's a difficult thing to be single. And it's a difficult thing, um, or it can be, I should say. not always difficult, but it just, Lord, what would you have to do with their life, and how would you use them, and and what is it that you uh, want to accomplish in their future relationships and how you want to use them in in life and in ministry? Uh, And so I pray, God, even for Tamara, uh, as she looks to you as the source of her satisfaction. That you would lead her and guide her in the relationships and friendships she develops in discovering who her, who her spouse will be. In Jesus' name, amen. 303-690-3000. Let's go to our text line. Well, let me just say I noticed somebody left a voicemail on text. We will never hear that voicemail. Uh, we only accept text on the text line. Uh, so if you want something on the air, you must, you must, you must text it on that number. Uh, otherwise, if you want to be on the air, you can call the, air, the on the airline 303-690-3000. And this is good for those of you in, uh, on the East Coast as well, in Pennsylvania, uh, in, in New Jersey, in Maryland. Uh, even though you're hearing this on Hope FM a week delayed, if you call during the show, uh, there is a live broadcast going on and we'll take your call. The only difference is it it will air on the East Coast one week later. But if you call the text line and leave a message, uh, we don't answer it and we don't listen to the voicemails. 303-690-3000. How does does someone surrender their life to God? How would that look? Well, that's an unfortunate question to ask by text because it has so many nuances to it. Um, But surrender is just that. Get the picture of, Take the, pic- take the picture in your mind of what surrender is in the sense of war. Uh, in the sense of war, when you are talking about surrender, you the definition is to cease to resist an enemy or an opponent and submit to their authority. You stop resisting and you submit. And the essence of s- biblical surrender is is that you stop resisting the work of the Holy Spirit in your life and you submit to your Creator who has revealed Himself to you in love and care and concern. Oftentimes, this surrendering comes through the revelation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that the gospel actually has power to change a life and when you hear the gospel the good news is that your sins have been forgiven through the blood of Jesus Christ and that by faith in Jesus uh, in in a surrendering a, a surrendered life faith in Jesus that that God promises you eternal life he promises to make you a new creation uh, he promises to give you of his spirit and uh, give you of himself and he he promises to draw you to Himself and have a relationship with you that's no longer hindered because of our sin. You know, when you start looking at all of those uh, the the beautiful work of God in salvation, then your your response and my response uh, to the power of the gospel is surrender. And you almost a lot of times in our in our worship time, uh, in our worship in song, there'll be a, an instruction in the song. Or Pastor Ian will just, or one of the worship pastors, usually Pastor Ian, but uh, one of the ones that are leading us in worship will, will instruct you to, to raise your hands. And and you're raising your hands in surrender. In surrender. Uh, and it looks different. If you want to explore it, give us a call. Uh, I'd love to talk to you about what's on your mind and what you're looking for. 303-690-3000 is the number. Casey's calling from Baltimore, Maryland. Casey, welcome to the program.
6: Hi, thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. Um, I just had a question. Um, I did. I wasn't brought up Calvary Chapel, and um, the Rapture wasn't part of anything we had studied. Okay. And I remember studying it before Calvary Chapel and completely having it make some sense. Um, but that was years ago. And recently, someone from my past asked me a question that I didn't. I couldn't find the biblical um, answer for. So I just wanted to call and ask if. Um, you had resources or, or where directly in the Bible I can remember and mark down so I can share with those other people who have those questions?
0: I, I do have some resources personally on things that I've studied uh, and things that I've taught. If you email me, I'll send you a couple links uh, that can okay. be a good beginning. Um, not only uh, what we believe the Bible teaches of the end time uh, timeline, but also a couple of in-depth studies of uh, not only the general teaching in Thessalonians, on on the rapture, but then also twenty reasons why I believe uh, the rapture is before the tribulation. Okay,
6: you know because you know,
0: there's different views. That,
6: right. Yeah. I under. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. That would be wonderful. So I'll just um, email you, and then that would be able to be sent over.
0: Yeah. Send me. Uh, send an email to Pastor Ed. Okay. At Calvary Aurora. That's C A L V A R Y. A-U-R-O-R-A dot org. And I'll respond as soon as I can. Uh, If you email me during the show, I'll definitely respond before I go into Bible study tonight.
5: Okay. Thank you so much, Pastor. I appreciate your help. You're welcome. Thank you.
0: Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Let's see what is... Who is next? Not what is next. Who is next? We have Morgan in Castle Rock. Morgan, welcome to the program.
1: Hi, Pastor Ed. How are you?
0: Good. How are you doing?
1: Good. So, um, I'm not exactly sure where I think it's in First Thessalonians, where it talks about the Word of God being sharper than any two-edged sword. Yes. Able to divide the soul and spirit? Yes. Okay, so could you give me the biblical definition of soul?
0: I can. The soul is your... I'm going to speak off the top of my head right now, but the soul is your uh um, your life source it is it is your who you are as a person uh, you animate yourself through your body, so we get to learn who you are as a person uh, through your body, but God knows you and saves you and like Jesus said, gives you rest to your soul, and your spirit is. Is really the spiritual life source by which you animate and connect yourself with God, spirit to spirit. That's a that's a simple definition, um, but let me let me get to Thessalonians. It is a body, soul, and spirit, which I think is Thessalonians five. Yep, First Thessalonians five twenty three. Um, And so that that would be the very simple, um, that would be a very simple definition for me. Uh, The soul is really your life, your body animates who you are. I mean, your soul is really your personality and who you are as a person. Uh, And God, he relates to you through your spirit, and we relate to you through your body.
1: And so God's ultimate goal is to create us and conform us into the image of Christ. So would that be the transformation of your soul?
0: Yeah, I think that's it's in the as we come to the image of Christ, it is the development of our of our spirit. You know, our soul is redeemed. Uh, We're redeemed, body, soul, and spirit. You know, it it says uh, in First Thessalonians five twenty three that it would all that we would be uh, uh, that we would be sanctified uh, completely, that our whole spirit soul and body uh, would be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and 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 so that conforming into the image of Christ would both be um, an e- the eternality of our soul which is done at salvation it would be the um, the, the the power uh, and the the complete control of the spirit over our flesh which will be Uh, removed when we have our new bodies and we leave this earth and enter into his presence and our bodies will also be redeemed because we will get new bodies resurrected bodies There will be the newness of life in its fullness separate i think that conforming into the image of christ is a life that's completely separate from sin
1: okay so is the importance of us being completely transformed because we are created in the image of god which is God is a triune being, so he's in essence body, soul, and spirit.
0: No, I don't. I don't understand that question. I don't. God is not body, soul, and spirit. Correct. Like we are. Correct. So I don't. No, we're created don't,
1: in His image.
0: We're created in His image, but we're not complete copies of Him.
1: Right. Okay. I had just a little bit more, but I guess I can catch you later.
0: Okay. Thanks, bro. Bye, bye. Hey, you hear the music. We'll be right back. This is Ed on Calvary Live. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Call us with your questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus right now at 303-690-3000. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to today's edition of Calvary Live. I have actually, uh, from my brother, who was on the line? I have a better definition for the uh, distinctions of who we are. Uh, we have the both the the material part of us and the spiritual part of us. We have a physical body. Uh, we have the soul, the spirit, uh, and there is a, you know the soul, the spirit, the emotions, the conscience, the will, the mind how they're all interconnected and interrelated uh, and the reality of of how god has made those distinctions between them and in, where our our soul has the personality part of it and it has the the way that we can um, the way that we are able to animate and uh, the way we are able to uh, connect as god's created us as a living soul and then our bodies are <clears throat> are the way that we animate ourselves with one another. It's good stuff. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Let's see who is next online. It looks like it is Michael. Michael calling from Denver. Welcome to the program. Hello. Hey, Michael, you're on the air.
2: Okay. I was just calling, um... <coughs> regarding um, yesterday's discussion on baptism. Okay. Uh, The minister at the the time on duty said that uh, baptism was not required, and uh, I think that doesn't line up well with Scripture, which says um, in Mark 16, 16, that he who who believes and is baptized will be saved. And also in Revelation it talks about those... People who um, wash their robes uh, and have made them Um, white—it doesn't seem as if God is talking about laundry. So, to me, I think the minister may have made a mistake. Well, let's Um, talk about.
0: Let's start. Let's start over. I haven't. um,
2: I'll I'll explain in the sense that I want to see family members. Let me.
0: Let's. um, Let's stop. Let's stop for a second. I didn't hear the call yesterday, uh, and so let's start over. Are you asking the question, are you asking this question, is baptism necessary for a person to be saved? Yes. The answer is um, no. Okay. Baptism is not necessary for a person to be
2: saved. And that lies against Scripture, which says baptism is required.
0: No, it bapti- doesn't go against Scripture at all. Um, scripture
2: says that in Mark sixteen sixteen that it, it's required.
0: It, it doesn't say it's required.
2: He who believes and is baptized will be saved. Right. There's no reasoning around that.
0: Yeah there is there is actually a lot of reasoning around that because let's let's step let's step back for a second and ask a separate question okay are you saved by works or by faith
2: i'm saved by the grace of god
0: okay is it through and your I, is it through your need, works of righteousness
2: and as a result of that i need to um, as a result of what? righteousness as a
0: result and of what
2: of me being saved by the grace of god
0: so you're saved by the grace of god and as I, as that's as good as god, let's, let's go one okay. step at a time you're saved okay. by the grace of God. Is that before you're baptized or after you're baptized or during your baptism? When are you saved?
2: I'm saved as, as a result of God calling me through His Spirit and Him having mercy on me in the first place. I agree. All right, so it's not... At the same time, I have a, a responsibility to respond to the grace of God. I don't as disagree with that does. either. All
0: right? Yeah, I am so. with you so far. We agree. I know we're gonna so, we're going to come to a point where we don't agree, but so far I'm with you.
2: Okay, so a, a, a person's faith is um, authenticated by their works. So a Christian has to do works. We're not saved because of those works. Well, let, let's stop
0: for a, a second. Let's go one Christian. piece at a time, because I like what you said. I, I like the phrase that do, you said.
2: You a said Christian it. who doesn't do good works okay. is not a Christian. I see. Because I the Lord like... said by their works, you will know them. So works are important.
0: So here, here's the thing, Michael. I'd love to talk to you, but you've got to talk with me. You got to. You and I have to go back and forth. Would you agree to do that? Because I will if you want. Oh,
2: I'm listening to you. I'm okay. listening.
0: Okay, so let's do that.
2: Anytime you, you want, just let me. Uh, tell, let me and I'll let you and I'll. Uh, uh, and I'll shut up and let you talk. But I think. You, that, but that you're
0: that not you, allowing me. Just allow me to walk through pieces because you're talking really fast. But we've got to pause on a few things that you said. You said that a Christian has good works. Right? Did I hear you correctly? A Christian has good works.
2: A Christian should do good works.
0: Should do good works. So let's yes. let And I agree. A Christian should mm-hmm. a, a Christian should do good works. Is baptism a good work?
2: Baptism is an um, is is the simplest of of works because it's it's um, a command that God has given. He says, "He who believes and is baptized will will be saved." So let's Jesus. So... Jesus jesus um disciples baptize people
0: i'm I'm working Um, with you bro but you got to listen you got to stop you got to just we're going to do one little question at a time otherwise we're going to have to move on i'm just going to move on so you you and i so far agree that christians do good works and then i ask the question is just yes or no is water baptism a good work that a christian does i'd
2: say i wouldn't even call it work i'd say it's a it's a reasonable response to a uh, 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 command. So, who so gets she-
0: baptized? Believers or unbelievers?
2: Sorry, I got cut
0: off. Um, That's okay. Who gets saved? Believers what? or unbelievers? I mean, excuse me. Who gets baptized? Believers or unbelievers? Believers. So, then a person saved before they're water baptized?
2: No. I would say that then person, believers
0: don't get water baptized. Unbelievers okay. do, according okay. to your view.
2: Okay. Well, I put it this way: I know a lot of people who say that um, they believe, but they refuse to get baptized.
0: That's a problem. They, that's a problem. a problem. I agree they, with they, that.
2: They believe they go to church every week. That's but a they problem. Don't, they refuse to get baptized because they don't want the commitment.
0: But what kind of well? But what kind of problem is it? Is it a problem of a? Is it a problem of of a fake believer possibly?
2: Is I it know, a that, problem I, of a I, believer not, who's I, in rank I, disobedience? I know. Possibly, I'm not bad, but I know I know too many people that refuse to get baptized because they think that they cannot st- uh, measure up to the um, the standard of being a, a full fledged Christian who's baptized. <clears throat> uh,
0: I mean that, that's <clears throat> a that's either that's either a person that's not saved yet, or that's a person that needs to be discipled and and instructed on the reality of what water baptism is. But the the real question that we're talking about isn't about the people that you know because we can talk about a lot of different examples of people that will or won't get baptized. I mean, the reality is the very nature of salvation. The very nature of salvation can only be one of two things. It can either be works-based or it can be grace-based. And you already agree with me, and I agree with you, that salvation is by, fa- by grace through faith. And it's not of works, lest any man should boast. You and I, I think, both agree on that scripture, right?
2: Right, but that doesn't mean that you don't do works. The, the I, I agree with you. this is not whether we do works. The I I agree this is with about you. boasting.
0: But you said that we're saved by a work. Yeah,
2: you said that a person, a person work, saved by water boasting. baptism. <clears throat>
0: and I disagree with you. And if I think person, you disagree with you.
2: No, I said if a person does the works, and then they say, well, I'm, I'm saved because of my works, and that person has missed a point. Mm-hmm. But for someone to teach people that you don't have to be baptized, I think that's fundamentally well here's what I would say here's
0: here's what I would say Paul Paul the Apostle inspired by the Holy Spirit says this and I, I don't know how much clearer we could be on this topic but when the kindness and the love of our God and Savior toward man appeared not by works of righteousness which we have done but according to his mercy he saved us through the washing and the regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit whom he poured out on us abundantly through Christ Jesus our Savior, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life.
2: And that does not—so are you saying that the Bible is contradicting itself?
0: I'm saying that salvation does not include water baptism.
2: You're, to, you're quoting scripture to me, and I've quoted to you Mark sixteen sixteen, which says baptism is required.
0: So if I, and if there's an example,
2: other scripture to say that means we don't have to be baptized.
0: Are there are there any examples in scripture of people expressing salvation without being water baptized?
2: Only one, who? and that was the thief on the cross, and that was because he was on the cross. It, it, it's, it's Actually, that, not it only, like, only one. one. She could get baptized.
0: It's not only one. Who else? What, Cornelius was saved before he was water baptized.
2: I'm not familiar who, who Cornelius is. Acts
0: chapter ten. The, the man on the, the man in Acts chapter eight that was met by, um, by Philip, uh, in the in the in the chariot, he was saved before he was water baptized.
2: Any street though.
0: I was saved before I was water baptized.
2: Okay. I'm sure you were
0: saved before you were water baptized.
2: I think we're I think that I think we're arguing about something that doesn't make any sense. When a person believes in God, they
0: get. It it does make sense. And the reality of, of the, the conversation that we're having is, I gave you a couple examples of men in the Bible that were saved before they were water baptized. I gave you the clear teaching of, of Scripture on more than one occasion. Um, another great passage that's used in this discussion is Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Peter said to him, Repent, let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And that you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, and so oftentimes people will go to Acts two thirty eight and say, "Well, look, uh, Peter's saying the same thing." But in Acts chapter ten verse forty three, uh, when you're looking at this particular topic, in Acts chapter ten verse forty three, it says, "To him all the prophets witness that through his name, whoever believes in him will receive the remission of sins." Uh, water baptism is, is something that a believer does. And if a person doesn't want to be water baptized, then that person has, we have some concerns about that person. I don't know their heart. I don't know if they're saved or not, but I I do know that water baptism is not effectual. It is not the efficacy of salvation. Salvation is by grace, through faith, apart from works of righteousness. Water baptism is a work that every believer should do. We're commanded to be water baptized. And there are many reasons why people don't and they're going to have to deal with that between them and the Lord, whether they're saved or not, whether they're a believer wrestling with like you said, they don't want the fullness of commitment. well somebody like that uh, is of great concern uh, when it comes to when it comes to the reality of their uh, so-called relationship uh, with God. but I agree with the pastor I didn't hear the call, uh, but I agree with the pastor and uh, and I disagree with you, Michael. And it's okay to disagree. It's no problem. 303 We're going to move on to Samantha. Samantha's in Denver. Welcome to the program. program.
6: Hello. Thank you. Hi. Um, my question was, um, well, I have a friend that he smokes a lot of weed. Okay. And I just... I would like to know how to pray for him so he can stop smoking, okay, and so he can have a better relationship with the Lord.
0: Okay, uh, I, I'm I'm thinking one of the scriptures that you can that you can uh, pray for him are scriptures that speak just between you and the Lord. You know that he would be sober minded, uh, okay. Because what what marijuana, uh, what, what what use of marijuana, even some legal drugs. Well, marijuana is legal now too in Colorado. Uh, right. And and alcohol does is it it takes away the sobriety. It, it, if you get enough of it in you, it takes away your sobriety and your clear thinking. Uh, and then here's here's one of the here's one of the passages that I would think of. It's Titus chapter two verse six, and it okay. says, "Likewise, exhort the young men to be sober-minded, okay, and and to, to have a, a, a part of sobriety in his life because." You know, it's much easier to live life under the influence of drugs and alcohol. It's just right. much easier. You don't have to deal with the stress and the pressure. You feel good, uh, and you don't um, you don't really have to deal with reality. Uh, you you know, it was my life before I got saved. It, it's it, it really represents a life apart from Jesus because uh, you you don't want to have to deal with the reality, so you just smoke it away or drink it away, and 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 you're really not you're you're suppressing who you really are, and trying to pull away from reality. And, and you know, I, I understand. I, I may not agree with that behavior, but I understand it. Life is hard, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and situations are difficult. And then you add to that this, the fact that you are addicted. There's addictive print. There's addictive, um, what's the word I want to use? There's addictiveness to it. Where uh, properties, that's the word I want to use, addictive properties within those substances, and then your body gets hooked on it, then your mind gets hooked on it, and and any, any ability to hear from God is kind of clouded through it. Um, it's a trap. It's a trap. Even today, I was reading in the right. Proverbs today, um, uh, either today or t- yesterday. Let me see if uh, it was today. What's today's date? Today is the 23rd, so... Let me look. I read a proverb a day. Uh, so Proverbs 23 uh, mm-hmm. is it. Well, it, he talks about wine and drunkenness. And he says in verse 29, this was today's proverb, uh, Proverb 23, who has woe, who has sorrow, who has contentions, who has complaints, who has wounds without cause, who has redness of eyes, those who linger long at the wine, those who go in search of the wine. Uh, and and he's talking about drunkenness here, and being under the influence of drugs has the same effect, right? And the whole rest of the the proverb is all about how how alcohol just wrecks people. Does he? Does, do, with, yeah. do you have a voice in his life? Like, how, do you guys have conversations o- about it?
6: Yeah, I always um, try and like. Like whenever he has that urge to go and buy weed, yes, I always tell him not to because you know he's better than that. Or I try to like encourage him not to do it, but he still does it. So, and even his mom, like he doesn't. His mom doesn't like when he's when he smokes when he because he changes. Like I feel when he's when he's sober, he's like really mean and angry. Yes. But when he smokes, he's like a really fun person to be around with, you know. Yeah. So I just he has mood swings, and I, I know he's better than that, but I just would like to know
0: how to pray, you know, for him? Well, pray that, that he'll listen to you, that he'll trust you. Pray that, that his real personality will be transformed, um, transformed by the Lord, you know, because that, that he would have a real relationship with Jesus, that he would trust God with his life. Um, you can pray that he would listen to you. Uh, you can pray that that the marijuana will make him sick to his stomach. Uh, okay. That it will give him headaches. Um, that it will give him munchies and he'll eat so much that that he will, like, I'm eating too much and I'm sick to myself. I mean, there's so many things that you can pray that it would have a negative effect on him um, that he might just see, this is not good for me. Um, It's not good for me. Before something happens.
6: I'm sorry. Especially, like, he has friends that whenever he tries to stop, his friends always call him, you know, and it's kind of like the devil knows when he wants to stop, you know, but then his friends call him, hey, you want to come smoke? No, it's only for smoking, you
0: know? Right. Well, that's the, That's because the Bible says evil company corrupts good habits. So we're all going to be, you know, we're going to surround ourselves with people that most influence us and most, you know, the the people that we will most relate with. And, and, and wh- who we call friends sometimes um, aren't really the best of friends.
6: Right. Well, thank you so much for the help. <laughs>
0: well, let's pray. Let's pray. God, I pray... For my sister, uh, as she has friends, you know this particular friend, in, uh, specifically that uh, is just in a place of uh, needing to be delivered from addiction to marijuana and all the perceived benefits that come from it. You know, like he's a different personality and and he's more fun to be around, but then he also has mood swings and and he's just uh, wasting his money away as <clears throat> and wasting his life away under the influence, Lord and um, He has people that love him and, and, and God, it's as society is more and more accepting of these things. And even in some cases, the church, uh, believers are more and more accepting of these things to escape reality. It makes it harder and harder to convince someone of the value of sober mindedness. But I know it's all throughout your Bible uh, to, to have a clear head and a clear mind ready for every good work that might live for you. And I pray for the salvation of this brother, of this Mm -hmm. young man. Um, that that he might understand how much you love him, Lord, and fill the void and fill the gap in his life that he 's filling through marijuana right now, and I just pray against the government 's decisions, Lord, to make things that are so harmful legal and and I recognize and acknowledge to you Lord that they 've been able to take the medicine out of marijuana and instead of giving the principle of being high they 've been able to put it in pill form or whatever and and, and help to to help it touch different parts of pain. But for the most part, it's not being used that way at all. And so for those that are abusing and those that are taking advantage and those that are, are um, hurting themselves, Lord, while they, feel, while they feel good, they're hurting themselves. It's just such a lie from the pit of hell. And we pray for truth and light to be um, brought, upon, uh, brought, brought upon them. And I pray for Samantha in particular, that you would give her the right words in this special relationship that she might love her friend. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
6: Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: is the number. We're going to move on to line number three, is Rita. Rita, welcome to the program.
5: Hi, Pastor Ed. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. I want to let you know, I agree with you about the, the baptism, because I was having issues with it, because I was born Catholic, and of course we were sprinkled when we were little, and when my dad was getting baptized, he didn't want any of us to come. Yes.
0: Oh, did we lose you?
5: Uh, pastor's at the church prayed with me and said, Lord, if you didn't need to be baptized, you sure, and it sure does.
0: Oh, no, your phone's breaking up.
5: Oh. I said, I went to my cousin's house, and uh, we were talking about the Lord and how we need his salvation, because we can't work our way to heaven, right. being Catholic. And I said, if we could, why did Jesus come down here and get beaten so bad you couldn't recognize him? And then her friend in the corner said, yeah, but you don't have to be baptized to go to heaven. And I looked up, and I started laughing, because I knew it was the Lord. I said, no, you don't have to be baptized to go to heaven. I said, but you want to get baptized as an outward sign showing everybody that you choose to follow him. I said, some people can't because they're dying or something else is going on, you know, like if they're in, in, in in war or something, they don't have a chance to get baptized. But if you have the opportunity and you're able to get baptized... But sometimes it's on your deathbed, and you don't have a chance
0: to do that. I agree.
5: Just like the the thief on the cross, he didn't have a chance to do that. So So I went and got baptized, and then God became even more real in life to me. And it is something that you do as an outward sign, saying to everybody that watches, I choose to follow Jesus Christ with my whole heart
0: to fulfill all righteousness. It's the, the reality and the following in the footsteps of Jesus. And I think the question, uh, I think that the brother that was talking earlier agrees with most everything. We, we divide on the really essence of salvation. It can never be works-based. Uh, but because we're defining salvation the way the Bible does, does not mean that it's okay not to be baptized. Uh, it's not okay. Uh, it's disobedience, and uh, it's disobedience... Uh, that that can be remedied and I I don't know exactly how God's going to deal with that I don't know how he handles that I I'm not sure what exactly uh, is going to happen to the person that that lives that kind of rebellious disobedient life Um, but I know that any opportunity that I have I want to teach people um, that that they don't need to worry about that God will take care of them God bless you sister Got a great question. It looks like it's a follow-up on the marijuana question that came through on texting. Uh, and the question is Pastor, Ed, can you explain 1 Timothy 5:23? Thank you. BB from Colorado Springs. First five 1 Timothy chapter 5 verse 23 is No longer drink only water, but use a little wine for your stomach's sake and your frequent infirmities. Uh, Paul's writing to young Timothy, giving him some some last minute uh instructions at the end of First Timothy, and he says, um, whatever the sickness is with, with that's going on, whatever this stomach ailment that Timothy had, Paul's telling him, don't just drink wine, uh, excuse me, don't just drink water for it anymore, use a little wine, use a little wine. And so I think the Bible is pretty clear when it comes to alcohol, um, that alcohol, uh, drinking alcohol is not a sin. Um, the Bible's pretty clear on that. So we know that Paul is not telling Timothy to sin, um, but rather to use uh, the medicinal properties of wine in the day uh, for his stomach's sake. And, and I could say that that would be the equivalent today of saying take an ibuprofen or a Tylenol uh, for your headache. Uh, and we know that that there, this isn't a condoning of drunkenness for Timothy uh, because he's already told Timothy what, uh, the, what the requirements of an elder are earlier on in first Timothy three of which Timothy's an elder uh, and and so remember the the that water uh, in in the first century wasn't the cleanest and they would actually add uh, wine to water um, and I'm not talking about real wine I'm talking about water here that they would use drops of wine to help purify the water uh, and you you have an instruction that I would tell somebody, uh, man, go to the doctor if you're feeling sick. Um, you know, take the prescription if you need to. Uh, and, and then just because they're... Now, now, think of it this way. if, it, if it kind of Like, like uh, if a doctor prescribed to you, go ahead and get drunk. Or if a doctor prescribed to you smoking pot. Or like one time for me, a doctor, uh, uh, she was such a great doctor and trying to deal with some headaches I was having... She prescribed something to me that was legal and that I filled, and I started taking that. Completely took me out of my mind, like it was completely made me loopy. You know, I don't know if it was an opioid or I don't remember what it is now. If I would have known, uh, it would have been such a big topic nowadays. I would have wrote down the name of it, but I remember taking it, and after about three or four days, I'm like, "I, I, I cannot take this. I can't take it not only for my daily functional life. But I can't take it because it takes me out of my mind, uh, and so in First Timothy five twenty three, Paul's just saying, "Look, water's not helping your um, water hasn't been helping your stomach. So take a little wine, see if that helps your stomach." Uh, he doesn't say take a lot of wine, and he doesn't say be drunk. He says take a little wine, uh, and and so he doesn't say take a little marijuana. Uh, he doesn't say to rub poison ivy all over your body either. Um, he gives some direction, uh, and it could be that the wine is mixed together with the water. But it's still wine. You know, it doesn't stop being wine. Uh, and, you know, think about uh, the the reality in the scriptures. Uh, there's 213 times in the Bible wine is mentioned. 80% of them are negative. 80%. This happens to be a positive one, but it's a medical, uh, there's a medical. And I, I've seen a new argument recently where, Medical marijuana now, um, this verse is being used to validate medical marijuana. I can't use it to validate it in my life. Neither would I teach anyone to do that. Um, But I do know that in the medical community now, um, they are distilling the properties, the THC or whatever it is, out of marijuana uh, in order so that you don't get high, but the principal qualities of that are able to touch the pain. That makes sense. That makes sense. But prescribing smoking a joint so you're high all the time, I mean that that's a hard one. I'm not in that condition, and and it, it's a definitely a difficult decision to make. Um, but I do want to plead with uh, with those listening uh, the reality of of staying sober-minded uh, and staying in your right mind to the best of your ability. But I do, uh, Lord, I just pray for those that are in intense pain, uh, and I know that. Um, those that have been smoking pot, uh, even medically, uh, have seen some relief of their pain. And, and Lord, I, I commit them to you. Um, they stand or fall before you. I'm not their judge. And uh, you are. And may they be able to stand or fall before you in the decisions that they make. And I'm sorry, Lord, for all the pain in the world and the difficulty, back pain, neck pain, um, you know, foot pain. And I just pray as you as Jehovah Rapha would do a work of healing until we're redeemed from our bodies and we're in your presence. In Jesus' name, Amen. Great questions. Thanks for calling, guys. Such a joy to be a part. We'll be we have service tonight, seven o'clock. Looking at the life of Elijah in First Kings. See you then. Thank you for listening to Calvary Live. Be sure to tell a friend about Grace FM.